Melbourne, this Saturday, the 16th of September, we are back podcasting live 4.15 at Club Voltaire in North Melbourne. Plus, there's a live Steel Wars at 2pm and discounted double passes are available. We don't get to live podcast in Melbourne that much anymore, so don't miss this really fun afternoon of Letter Loving with Letter Lovers Demi Lardner, Geraldine Hickey and Tom Ballard. Tickets are available at ilovegreenguideletters.com. Hey guys, welcome to I Love Green Guy Letters, the podcast where we talk about the letters to the age newspapers, TV and radio lift out, The Green Guide. I am Steel Saunders and I do love those Green Guide letters. You guys, we are in the Airbnb <laughs> podcasting lounge, lounging and podcasting because that's what we do. And it's not even my Airbnb. <laughs> it's the internet's Airbnb, I guess. But it's the Airbnb of our lone guest from... I'm going to open up to you guys one of my favourite bands of all time, the Smith Street Band. Welcome to the podcast, Will Wagner. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for being had. We are in Silver Lake yeah. in your Airbnb. Yeah. When Jackie was very excited that I was coming to do a podcast with you because we're big fans of the band, and she's like, "Oh, where are they staying?" And I'm like, "Oh, Silver Lake." She's like, "Oh, typical." <laughs> <laughs> Bloody bands. Well, you know, we got we were we always used to stay at our old uh, record labels office in Hollywood, West Hollywood somewhere. You used to stay in their office. Yeah, which was great, but then it was intensive because you'd wake up and all these people were just around you working while you slept in the uh, nice communal workspace, um, which being like jet lagged and confused and waking up and looking over and seeing like essentially my boss yeah. was, uh, you know, always a, a little bit awkward. Keep but it they- down on the phone, <laughs> David Geffen. Come on, Geff, mate. We're trying to fucking sleep here. But it was kind of a... It was always great to get to wake up and hang out with them immediately, but then also always stressful to get to wake up and hang out with people immediately. Um, so yeah, I've uh, everyone else is staying also in Silver Lake, but I've got my own little spot because I've been here for a few days. It's been great. God, you've been, the hoity band leader, the singer in the band doesn't want anything to do. I've seen Almost Famous. No. I know how it works. I don't talk to those guys unless they have to. Um, and we definitely don't like to spend any time in the same room together. So this is the normal setup. I'll rent a, what is this, a six-bedroom place. Um, and we've got the pool and the tennis court and everything. And then, yeah, they're just a few blocks over in this little cheap kind of spot that I sorted out for them. But, you know, yeah, it's been good. And then when they say, they text you, what have you been up to? You just, you just like text them back links to podcasts that you've been on. Genuinely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been on a podcast tour of LA for the last few days. It's been fucking awesome. I love how real you were keeping it. Like in, in no, in the in the offices of of your label. Well, we'd still be staying there if they didn't still have that space. But it, it was like, uh, you know, a lot of it's all our friends who work there, and it was really great. Like, you'd get to LA, and straight away there would be they'd have food for everyone, they'd have beers, they'd have pot, they'd have everything sorted for you, kind of thing. And then yeah, we just sit in the car park of Side One Dummy and just smoke weed all day, and. Uh, <laughs> Then have like really sort of confused, jet lagged, stone conversations with people about like upcoming releases and plans for the next year and stuff. Yeah, stoned and jet lagged. That's it's the big two. Yeah, yeah. You don't know what to blame. 
I always just blame jet lag because I don't want to admit that it's probably the weed. Yeah. Because <laughs> I enjoy smoking weed. So. I used to come out all the time for work. Mm. And so I'd be here for like five days. And I had all these relationships with these companies that, you know, I'd see them every six months. But I always had this weird thing in my head that they'd never met me normal. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like, I've yeah. Always, like every time they've ever talked to me in real life... I've been like this bizarre jet lagged freak. Yeah, I feel like that. I feel like that in LA and London, especially because they're always the places we land first. And I have all these friends, and it's like, yeah, you call, you sort of know me, but you sort of know this like weird, dumb version of me that like <laughs> can't quite string sentences together. And you know, what's it like? Is it hard to play a gig jet lagged, or is it all just kick in like the? You've, it's all <sighs> sort of at the back of your head. The gig itself is fine. Everything around it is fucking impossible. Like trying to figure out how to plug in the pedals that I've plugged in a thousand times while it's jet lags is so hard. But yeah, I do. I, I, I flew out, I guess, three or four days earlier this time. But we've done shows where I think the first tour we did in the UK, we went from Heathrow to the show. Mm-hmm. And that was just so stupid. And then because you start a tour where like, so the tour we're about to do is a month and we're playing, you know, we've got three or four nights off, but it's pretty like hectic, lots of traveling, lots of touring. And starting that already on the back foot, like starting that already lacking sleep, already feeling exhausted, is just like you just you you, you never catch up, kind of thing. So yeah, I yeah. Oh my god! It's just occurred to me. This couch, it's the same. It's an IKEA couch, but it's the same fabric as the classic South Yarra podcast lounge couch. I'm so glad you noticed that. I got them to re- reupholster <laughs> it for me. <laughs> I thought you'd appreciate this. <laughs> I did when I went to London and I did two podcasting one day fresh off the plane. Two podcasting li- would be even harder than performing because you performing you can go into autopilot, but actually like having to come up with things to say to people when jet lagged is the Yeah. Thing. And one of the people in the band isn't Sam Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> is he difficult, is he? <laughs> I was just he said this he was arguing with someone on stage and I was just like I can't I don't know what they're talking like I can't (laughs) my brain cannot work out because Sam's like interesting enough as it is I I adore him dearly and he's hilarious but sometimes he's confrontational on issues I did not expect (laughs) And when you're like super jet lagged yeah. and I'm on stage, I'm just like going, should I just ask for a timeout and someone <laughs> in the audience can explain to me what's going on? So do, do you know what was going on to this day? Do you I know can't remember on? now. <laughs> I, when I listened back, I was sort of just like, oh, they're just being idiots. But um, yeah, it, it is tough. It is tough. Now, we've had, you know, hundreds of comedians on. Sure. And and one of the favourite topics of comedians is to talk about their worst stand-up gigs. Sure. Horrible gigs in bingo halls, yeah. in, next to bistros, <laughs> with football on in the background. <laughs> but we've never had a bad musical gig story. Hmm. Well, I've never played a bad show, so no. Um, uh, <laughs> shit, I don't know. Um, I mean, yeah, uh, shit, I'm just running through the, like countless nightmarish gigs we play i mean i i try and tend to take an attitude that like whatever's happening is good for resilience or something but you know we once played a show in hamburg that wasn't promoted and no one came to 
Uh, so we drove about six hours. Oh, no, no, that wasn't no one. Two people came to from Australia. And all they wanted to talk about was how weird it was seeing us play to no one. And all I wanted to do was not talk about that at all. Like, That's I, so good. Hey, how weird is it how unsuccessful you are in this country? That was the whole thing. And they were like, let's go get a beer and talk about how, how no one in Germany gives a shit. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> they do, sort of. It's, uh, so that was a weird one. But um, I was actually reliving this recently talking to a friend of mine. We did a, the first uh, international tour we ever did was in China. Um, so we did a week of shows traveling around China. How? Um, Why? Uh, how uh, someone wanted to book us for it. We were, we were flying to... That's right. We are flying to America. We are flying here to play at the Fast in Gainesville, do some other stuff. And um, someone, I guess from Melbourne, I think he... I'm not sure how Tom found us. Hit us up because we were stopping over in Beijing and said, hey, do you want to play a show? And that quickly became a week of shows. So yeah, the first time we played, this is probably the weirdest gig we've ever played. The first show we played, we were the first band that had ever played in that city. So when I plugged in my amp... You, you invented music. I, <laughs> but when I plugged in my amp and hit a chord, everyone turned around like, what the fuck was that? And then we started playing and no one knew what to do. So everyone held hands and got in a big circle and people, uh, people all clapped on the offbeat, like on the scar beat of every song. Yeah. And that was always kind of like, that was... A very surreal show, but then... So, what what sort of venue was it at? It was the opening night of that town's rock club, you know? But it was just, uh, it was basically just like a function hall above a shopping centre with a bunch of big posters of us <laughs> all around. It was, it was fucking very surreal and amazing. But a few shows Did you sell much merch? I'll have to go back and look at the <laughs> figures, but um, I, I, don't, I have no idea. I have no... Um, it was a successful night. After the show, we spent a lot of time... Uh, sitting talking to people who didn't speak any English and I don't speak Mandarin and just they would say something and I would say I don't know what you're saying and then we'd hug and cheers each other and be like ah this is the best where's Kevin Rudd when you need him exactly exactly well yeah normally, <laughs> that's what I was thinking to myself it was probably around the time when he was uh, he was in power have you ever seen the cartoon Rick and Morty see this is a contentious issue with me and my friends I love everything about it and everything related to it but it stresses me out why I don't know. I've I've often found I think what I want like I watch I'd reckon I watch two episodes of Bob's Burgers every night before I fall fall asleep. It's like my favorite. And I think cartoons, I want cartoons to be relaxing. And I I feel like the same way I felt about like Ren and Stimpy or something where there's something about Rick and Morty just stresses me out. And I don't know why. Like I love Dan Harmon. I love the everyone in it. Like I just don't know why it stresses me out. Yeah, I've only just started getting into it. Um because it they just had the new season come out yeah, and, yeah. and we've got where I live just off Sunset Boulevard. So I've every day when I drive Jackie to work, I see sure. giant billboards for sure. everything. So I'm very yeah. like I'm I'm getting affected by these <laughs> sure. billboards, right? And yeah, so they had a Rick and Morty one and that I didn't start watching it, but it got Jackie to start watching it. Mm-hmm. And it turns out that everyone was going on about it because it's an awesome, awesome show. Yeah. And it's like if real it's I sort of I said to Jackie the other day it's like it's like really smart people trying to write the dumbest thing they can I, yeah I feel like I would love it I don't know why I, I just something about it makes me uncomfortable or something but the reason I bring it up is because Morty seems like he'd grow up to be Kevin Rudd <laughs> <laughs> he's got the same hairdo <laughs> that's not gonna make me want to watch it <laughs> well he went through really? a lot of different 
I guess so, yeah. <laughs> it could be... Oh, because there's millions of Mortys as well. So it could be one of the other Mortys what? in the... There's millions of Mortys? Yeah, there's like all these different universes and stuff. Oh, wow. It's very confusing. I should watch, I should watch it. But probably, go yeah. back to the Chinese story. So China, on tour in China. And I guess on that tour, we played at the, the German Beer Rock and Good Times Festival in... I think it was in... I think that was in Guangzhou, but I can't remember. Which was in this rural China... And we had to take a plane there that was just us on this little plane. Maybe us and another band playing the festival. And I remember the... Uh, Prince. Yeah, it was just us and Prince. And um, on the back of the seat in front of us, it said, uh, no life jacket. In case of emergency, use seat cushion for flotation. Um, and that was like pretty stressful. <laughs> um, so we land in this little place when we... It's just like... In the middle of this... That's, that's like you open up to get your life jacket and there's just a note in it that just, oh. says, just says, thoughts and prayers. <laughs> All the best. Um, so we get so we get, to, we get to this festival and we set up and play and it's a big day outside space. It's fucking huge. And there's a big TV camera on a crane swooping in and filming us on stage. Um, but instead... and But there was... I think they didn't have enough amps so half of us are like plugged guitars into the PA which just sounds horrible. Um, and then instead of a smoke machine, there were these big piles of burning charcoal that people were then just waving in your face. Um, and I'm sure it looked cool, but every now and then while seeing it just felt just like hitting a backy bong or something like in between <laughs> breaths and you'd just be like choking and coughing and it was this really fucking bizarre show. But then after the show... <laughs> I love that they've like seen rock culture that, yeah. and gone... We need smoke. <laughs> we'll just burn shit. Yeah, we'll just have, have little fires in front of the stage. So we're playing this. Sh- it's all very surreal. The show's fucking weird, but it was just amazing to be a part of it all and fascinating, you know. Um, but basically, whatever we did, all the security and stuff just thought we were hilarious. So we found the beer tent for the festival and we're just walking in and just stealing beer and like pointing at it. And being like, we're stealing this beer. And the people were just like, ha ha, that's so funny. Like, what are you going to do next, you wacky Westerners? Like, just loving it. So we stole all this beer. And then end up all drinking like a case each of this like cherry beer shit. And just having the biggest like drunk, tired fight ever. Where like fists are thrown. And everyone's like screaming at each other. So it was like pretty full on. It fully like kicked off. Is this the reason you're in an apartment by yourself? And since then, I've never said them or not. Um, but so uh, you've got to get every time you have a band meeting, you've got to get Kevin Rudd in <laughs> to translate for me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but basically, uh, at the end of this whole night, we all have this big fight, and my memory is very hazy. But I remember sitting on this ledge uh, out the front of the festival with no phone, wallet, or passport. I just had my guitar. I didn't know where anyone else was. Oh, that's poignant, man. It was beautiful, man. Uh, I got a whole album out of it. Um, <laughs> just sitting there like, oh, fuck, this is it now. This is like, this is my life now. Like, I'm just I'm this, now a busker in I'm, China. I'm just this guy sitting on this ledge in China. Like, uh, And I finally got picked up by someone and got back to the hotel. And every one of us, oh, the rest of the band were like lying on the ground in front of the car park of the hotel, like too drunk to get up just yelling at each other, like sitting up and being like, I fucking hate you, and then falling back down. It was just, but yeah, that was probably like the most chaotic, disastrous time I've, I've, I've ever had on tour. But that was more after the show than the show that, itself. That makes Meredith seem very tame. <laughs> well, the, actually, the funniest thing about it all was Chris, our drummer, had also disappeared. 
And then he just all of a sudden rolls in on the back of a moped with two Chinese girls sitting in the front and him sitting on the back just like grooming onto them, crying, because everyone's so emotional and drunk. And then he sort of walks, I don't, no one knows where he'd come from. So he walks up with these two girls and they're sort of like trying to comfort everyone, but don't know the inner working of the band dynamics, like don't know who's angry at who and stuff. Probably for the best. And then the tour manager just goes, sorry guys, I think you're going to have to go. Like this is, you know, we're going to have to sort this out ourselves. And then, yeah, we uh, sat out the front of this this hotel in China and screamed at each other for a few hours. Well, I'm so glad <laughs> that I knocked back your offer to drive the tour van around for a week. <laughs> well, that offer's still out there. Anyone listening who needs to drive the second leg of this tour. We've grown up a lot since China, I promise. <laughs> We're different now. That sounds horrible. The, that's so weird about the how they just weren't used to hearing a guitar. It was fucking amazing. Like, And like, yeah, of course. Like, you know, people hear it on... Like, there is something very visceral and powerful about the first time you, like, turn on a Marshall stack and hit a guitar through it. Like, that's a... There's something very powerful about that, I think. Um, so, yeah, like... And that was the thing, talking to people after the show, so many people who were just like, I've never seen this. I've never heard of this before. I didn't, like, basically, like... I didn't know that rock was a thing. I didn't know that this was a thing that people could do. And, yeah, it was very, it was very like, a, I don't know, it felt... Like, it was a very special kind of thing to do. We've been trying to go back ever since, but um, things are always getting in the way and stuff, you know. How was the Between Song banter? Uh, about, it went down about as well as it always does, <laughs> to be honest. Um, uh, I, I, yeah, Michal, uh, Shesher, I would just say that a lot. Um, but yeah, honestly, what I feel like when I'm in America, people understood me about as much as they do in China. you got to talk slower. Yeah, but I can't. I can't concentrate on that when I'm on stage, like... But yeah, I do. I totally do. Slower and water and those kind of things. You know? Yeah, because I did a gig. Hey, how do you find it? Last year, and my friend Monty, who's an Australian comedian but based in LA, mm. was was on the show as well. And I said to him afterwards, "I'm like, I don't understand that bit. For the first half, they were really into it. It's the same topic, and they just sort of, I kind of felt like I lost them. Yeah." And he's just like, oh, you were just speaking way too fast. They yeah, couldn't. Sure. And because when I love to, like, when you've got a bit fully down, I like to, like, no, 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 like, Yeah, 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 like, for sure. Like, hit, just keep going, you know, yeah. keep hitting. If you just, like, keep tagging something, you want to be like, yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah, so it's it's really hard oh, wow. to be on stage and because you've got your rhythm. You know, it's like saying Absolutely. to you, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. hey, can you play that song slower? Yeah, that would completely freak me out. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, so it, it is. It is quite strange. Sometimes I like to um, open my set with in America with like, "Hey, at any point you can't understand what you're saying, <laughs> just raise your hands, <laughs> just so we know who the ignorant people are in the room. <laughs> we know the ones that aren't cultured." Yes, um, yes, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, but uh, that is a common thing people say to me after American shows, like. That was really good. I have no idea what you said at any point during the show. <laughs> well, okay. yeah. and you, but you've got the classic, um, is, is like the Smith Street Van Twang. <laughs> that, What's that? Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I'm so sad, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be sad, Will. Don't be sad. <laughs> Do you think it's weird, the very concept of a band? Hey, I've got three other mates and they know how to make noises. And we'll get together and we'll try to synchronize our noises yeah. in, in a pleasing way. And we'll tour the world with our noises. 
blowing my mind. But yeah, that is very fucking strange. Even the idea of like... I and I'll write that, a poem to it. <laughs> I find that very strange, yeah. Uh, but even the idea of like, I'm writing at the moment a lot and like, I write guitar and vo- uh, lyrics, whatever. But writing that and thinking of where the drums would fit in and then like, yeah, there is something weirdly mathematical about that and weirdly like, uh, doesn't really make sense, but you hear it straight away, like, I write a song and I'll I'll play it through once and be like, yeah, that's the beat, that's where the feels go, that's where everything goes. And I'll play it to Chris and he'll immediately be like, yep. And like, I won't have to say anything. And we'll know straight away where I want him to go. Which is, that's something like, why is that a thing? Like, how does that make sense that he knows how to hit these weird like bits of metal exactly where I want him to hit them in my head because I'm playing like, yeah. Oh, it it's very mathematical. I find it, because I don't have any musical... You don't play anything? No, and nor should I. <laughs> Like, I have trouble working out what instruments are which. What do you mean? When, like, a bass guitar... Yeah. Like, I have to concentrate and listen, try to work <laughs> out... Because, like, I'll go see a friend's band and I'll I'll have to concentrate to try work out what noises they're making. <laughs> which is not the way to enjoy a band. No, that's true. You want to be ma- watching the whole noise. Yes, you know. yes. But sometimes I'll just be like, I'm just trying to work out what noises that guy's making. <laughs> and because... My friend Clint, who plays in something for yeah. Kate, like I'm always, and because I know him and know his personality, yeah. I'm just like, how does he know how to hit? When did he hit that symbol? <laughs> it seems. Does Paul tell him, or does he just like figure it out? But it's just like, <laughs> is this pre-planned? Is this pre? Does he hit it there every time? I have to say, one of the best things you've ever done for me mm. is we're at the high five bar. Yeah, night, yeah, yeah. And you gave me a shout out yeah. and I went with Clint and Clint, you know, he's like this musical celebrity apparently. Mm. So mm-hmm. he tells me and so he, tells me so. he was so bummed he didn't get a between song shout out. I didn't out. know he was there. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And I laughed and I laughed. Well, I've still got the I Love Green Guides letter sticker on my guitar head. Ah, oh, thank it's you. On my guitar head. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Very kind. Very um, kind. That's very funny. That uh, I, I, yeah, because he's like my, you know, one of my longest friends since. Prime. Really? Like I was there when he, like I was like super into skateboarding, so I was like a sponsored sure. skateboarder. Went to competitions and stuff, and like I just, I it was just twenty four seven skateboarding yeah. for me when I was in high school. And I remember, you know, Clint sort of would come skateboarding with me, but wasn't that into it. Like, he was sure. sort of just tagging along, whatever. And one day, he got a drum kit. And yeah, I okay. went to meet him after school at his house to, like, let's go to the Kmart and go skateboarding. He's like, oh, no, I've got this drum kit. I'm going to do this. Now. I'm going to play this. And I have this vivid memory of skateboarding across the street to Kmart, away from his house, because he lived behind a milk bar. And... I could hear him badly playing the drums, sure. like, like horribly, like yeah. first day. Yeah, yeah. And I remember in my head just thinking, yeah, well, good luck with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go do some board slides. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, mate. i got a kickflip to do. I'm out of here. <laughs> um, that, have you even ever played the drums? No. It all seems... I, I didn't have like a big... Like I was never drawn to it, so I never did yeah. it. Like, but I love bands. I used to like do a... Um, I used to do a punk rock zine. Really? Back in the 90s. What was the zine called? Well, are you ready for this? Yeah. It was a punk rock fanzine mm-hmm. with a Star Wars twist. Wow, huge. Sta- <laughs> staying on brand. Staying on brand. <laughs> and it was called Return of the Punk Guy. Wow, this is huge. That's great. Because there's a film, guys, like called Return of the Jedi. <laughs> 
and it's and like punk a, is a genre of music, and it's I, a little rhymy pun pun. That's very good. Did you get any good interviews for your scene, or are you just reviewing stuff? Or I oh, know I had mad interviews. Yeah, I, I did. Like it was actually popular. Return like, of the punk, guy. like shock, like record yeah, yeah, used yeah. to distribute it and stuff really? like that. Yeah, really. And I was who. Like, all the punk bands of the time. Like, I was the first person... Here, I'm claiming stuff now, mm. you guys. In Australia, the first publication to do an interview with Blink 182. Really? When they were called... Really? When they were when called, called Blink. Blink. Like, I've got the CD with just Blink. Whoa. Yeah. And... Whoa. Because I was like... My, Descendants are like my favourite band. Sure. And that was sort of like a new Descendants, like, offshoot yeah, sort okay. of thing. Yeah, and so I contacted the record label and said, hey, I'd love to interview these guys. And then they like, wow. they were super into Star Wars as well. Yeah. So course. then when they came out, like we got along and wow. like went on the tour with Pennywise and stuff. And we had some s- things happen that I would not say on this <laughs> podcast, but I definitely got to live the punk rock, like pretty much wow. the almost famous, wow. like st- of just like the kid tagging along going, all right, this we- is good. <laughs> With uh, Pennywise is uh Fletcher, the big insane guy. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's a, he's a real Chewbacca to keep the uh, Star Wars puns going. But one of the weirdest memories of that time was their manager had a meeting with a very well-known music industry person mm-hmm. in Australia. Yeah, right? we were in this really fancy hotel, and the manager for Blink, like they 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 they. Minor support, like so, it's like Pennywise, then Body Jar, and then Blink, and Blink. Uh, underneath that, right? Mm-hmm. And the manager for Blink is saying to this guy, "I oh, so we're going to do this tour now, and then we're going to do a solo tour by ourselves, and then we're going to do another tour, and then we're going to do the big day out, mm-hmm. and then we'll, and then it ended with them doing the tennis center, right? Really? And I'm just sitting there going, Fuck. as <laughs> if." <laughs> You are tripping. Wow. You wow. don't drink tonight. <laughs> Stop it. And That's then amazing. it was so weird. It was like it all came true. Wow. So weird. So you, you need to get your managers to start planning seven years in ahead. Yeah, yeah. And, and big. 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 Well, that was the first show I ever went to was Blink 182. It was at our festival hall. Oh, Blink really? 182, brand new and gyroscope. And I was 15, <laughs> I guess. It was fucking amazing. That's tight. Changed my life. (laughs) (laughs) One of my... It was so weird to see them become so famous because... Were they nice guys when you first met them? Yeah, yeah. Were they kind of how you'd imagine... So, I'm like a Blink super fan. Were they just basically how you'd imagine them to be? Like, All right, well, I was going to say one of my memories is taking them to a collectible shop in Paran (laughs) to buy Star Wars figures, right? And Mark just bought all the Princess Leia's. Yeah. And then I was driving in my car. I had this like old HR Holden that was just covered in punk and skateboard mm-hmm, stickers. Mm-hmm. It was a cop magnet, <laughs> sure. including the sticker on the back that my mechanic made me take off that said, I love cops. <laughs> he's just like, no, Come on. <laughs> just take it off. It's just attracting attention with that. But um, I thought I was throwing out positive vibes. Yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah. So one of my definitive Blink-182 memories is Mark buying those figures and then I'm driving up Chapel Street and he's having a very loud Princess Leia action figure orgy in the back. <laughs> so that's a, a quintessential. That's what you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, it was that's so amazing. weird. Oh, you're on a cover of a magazine now. That's yeah, like one of the biggest bands in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy. That's insane. Wow. When's your gig at the Greek uh, Theatre? Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. That 
So you are... I, just this is impressive, that you're playing at the Greek theatre, which when I read you were doing that, I was like, oh, are they, are they that popular here? <laughs> <laughs> I fucking wish. Because <laughs> we just went last month to see Nick Cave play there. Oh, really? And it was... Like I'm, I'm not like a mega Nick Cave fan, but Jacqueline is. And Betty was... You know, if you've got yeah. skills, you've yeah. got skills. And, like, the full band in form is, like, oh, they're one just, of the best bands in the world. Yeah. And just the swagger. That's insane, right? Just, Have you ever seen him in real life? Yeah, I saw him play... I think it was, like, the last ever Grinder Man gig at Meredith. Okay. When yeah, it was, sure. like, storming yeah, down. Yeah. It was, like, you know... Tears. Oh, Because well, I've seen him a few times just, to, like, around the at rehearsal rooms and things. And I remember once I saw him crossing uh, Queensbury Street in North Melbourne. And it was one of the coolest. He just looked so fucking cool. Like, he looked like the Grim Reaper going to, like, go get a coffee or whatever. from But this, yeah, I remember stopping and being like, that guy's got to be famous. Oh, it's Nick Cave. But even just from the back and side of him, took, saw him took two steps across the street. And I was like, well, who is that? Like, See, that's, that's one of those like, people, you know. That sounds like the start of a Smith Street band song. <laughs> saw Nick Cave walking across Queensbury <laughs> Street. <laughs> Um, but so you're playing the Greek theatre, yeah. which is this amazing outside amphitheatre. It actually looks like, and I, I, I know I just see everything in Star Wars, but it looks like someone built a concert venue on Endor. Like really? If you're uncertain, like you can't see any of the city. It's just hills and pine yeah, trees. Yeah, yeah. Because I walked past it a bunch. That's like my uh, first day in LA tradition. Like walk up to Griffith, the oh, between right. back. Yeah. 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 Um, so I've walked past it a few times, and yeah, on this time on the walk past, I was trying to like sneak a look in and stuff. But oh, it's yeah, it's beautiful. And so yeah. you're there. So I I then Googled the because then because <laughs> I looked up Smith Street Band gigs in LA, and I'm like, okay, they're playing the Greek Theater, oh, 150 bucks at the Greek. They're doing great. <laughs> and then and then 12 bucks in Silver Lake, or something. <laughs> and I'm like, what? It's keeping it real, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you you. Supporting the living end, which yeah. that'd be pretty sick. Yeah, but then they're supporting Midnight Oil, Midnight Oil. Yeah. which is absolutely fucking outrageous. Yeah, have you played with them before? No, never. We're playing with them in Melbourne in November as well. But um, yeah, this is our first time. But uh, I know vaguely that someone in the band asked for us to play these two shows. I don't know who, but I know that someone in that band has heard of my band, which is I can die happy. You know, <laughs> that's a fucking massive thing for me. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. sick. That's incredible. Yeah, I can't believe it. The thing, if you ever talk to Peter Garrett, mm. and and him being a politician ever comes up, yeah, you can say, <laughs> like, if you didn't vote for him, you can just say to him, "I just wanted you to come back to music." Yeah, there you go. and I just I was just willing to do anything. <laughs> So I was I was I was voting not for you yeah. as a vote for your music. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. also, I always would vote liberal. You know, that's just the kind of person I am. Um, <laughs> I work that out. Fiscally I work that conservative. Out. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's sick. And then so you're living the high life on Saturday night. Yes. And then we're back in the van. And then it's this reality yeah, check. Yeah, completely. It's back to hating each other again. <laughs> it's back to being in separate Airbnbs. Um, well, you need one of those. You need that Homer car from The Simpsons. Excuse me. You know when Homer designed the car for his brother Herb Powell? I don't know if I remember this. This is like classic. This is like season five-ish. Okay. So he finds he's got a long-lost brother. Yeah. Who was 
Danny DeVito, I think, voiced him. <laughs> of course. But he was so... He was like the... He looked exactly like Homer, but he had hair. He was yeah. a successful, thin Homer. And he owned I do remember this. the yeah, yeah. motor car company. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and yeah. so Herb gets him to design a car because he's the everyman. And he designs the Homer. Yeah. And... The car had a little pod at the back. <laughs> so that'd be perfect for you. I would like that. To yeah. keep away from all those other pricks <laughs> in the band. Talentless fuck. No. <laughs> I do love the other people in the band. I should say amongst all these jokes. They're my best friends. <laughs> but I, fuck them. <laughs> I just hope I get all these. Um, I'm subscribed to all the street press in Melbourne's emails. They send out oh, emails yeah, sure, every sure, day sure. about what's happening. Sure. And so I subscribe to all them so I know. It's just a good way to, yeah, like keep in touch. This will be Melbourne. an article. This will be an article for sure. Yeah, um, music yeah. feeds will pick this. Yeah, up. riff. <laughs> yeah, that'd be the best. It is funny those like, uh, I guess we're sort of at that point now in Australia where every now and then I'll tweet something, and then it'll get a three or four articles written about it. Nice. I never really know which ones it's going to be, but I recently I tweeted like, I like King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Five newspaper articles written about it and stuff. I was like. I feel like I've tweeted more important stuff than that. And also, like, they're sick. Heaps of people like them. Like, that's not, you know, the... Why, uh, what, were the uh, what, what angles were they taking that you like this band? That genuinely seemed to be what it was. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not really sure what the... Uh, I guess it was because I'd said... I think I'd said... So, I, I said that I want to cover one of their songs for, like, a version, uh, I think. So, I think mentioning, like, a buzz band and Triple J, they must just have, like... Auto Google auto finder things going on that and then yeah. All right. What about if you like go, hey at Triple J, mm. strawberry milkshakes pretty good. Do you, see. Do you want me to find out? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when's this? Can, when's this? Yeah. When this episode comes out, I'll tweet that at the start and we can see what happens. By the end. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that for sure. <laughs> What's the story with you giving the guy? I think it was in Queensland the guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Why are you so nice, Will? Publicity? Um, no. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, oh, that was, uh, I think it would have been hard to not do something for that guy. So we played two nights in a row at the... I, I, actually, I just have to say, I do find it hard to get these podcasts out within all my charity work. I just <laughs> want to get that out there. Okay. It's so admirable. What yeah. you've uh, we were playing two nights in a row in Brisbane and the first night we played and there was a guy in the front row who was like crying a lot, but like... Uh, Sort of people cry a bit at our shows and stuff, especially during certain songs. But this guy was really like throughout the whole set, like and not just like weeping, like crying, crying. Um, and it was really we'd all noticed on stage. And as soon as he walked off stage, the first thing we all said was like, "Did you see that guy? Like, hope he's okay." But while the show was happening, I was uh, sort of overwhelmed by everything, and I, I was I'd really noticed him and I was looking at him a lot, but. Uh, as soon as I walked off stage, I was like, oh, fuck, I should have gone down and given him a set list and been like, you all good or something. But it was a big show and I was just kind of swept up in it all. So as soon as I... And also, like, if I go down and jump down in front of the crowd and try and talk to him, then there's, like, another couple of hundred people who will all come and get yeah. around you. But sometimes when you're in that... Like, when I do, like, live podcasts and stuff, I have... I want to talk to that person in the crowd or something. And then in the heat of everything, you just... Yeah. It, it, yeah. Like... There's only so much of a checklist, unless I don't know. Other people might just have these crazy brains, but no, I can't. Yeah, yeah, I, I got like three things that I can remember. Yeah, absolutely. And they're all written yeah, on my yeah. hand. Especially when you're doing something live as yeah. well. Like, yeah, there's so much unpredictability, unpredictability in that too. So I had my eye on him a lot, and really did sort of like was making a note in my head, like do something for him. And then 
I didn't and walked off. And uh, after I walked off, excuse me, it was all we were all saying, like, let's try and find that kid and get in touch and just make sure he's all good and stuff. Um, but then the next night we started playing and he was in the exact same spot, right on the barrier, right in the front and was crying again. And while we were playing, I was like, because we were playing the this, this same, same venue two nights in a row. So the second night, I was a lot more comfortable. I knew what to expect. And also... With the show we're doing on the last tour in Australia, there's like a, there's a light show and there's a screen. And there was sort of all these things that like, if it was just a normal show of ours, I could just stop between songs and jump down and be like, hey, well, like, you know, how you going? Hey, remember when it used to be about the music? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> so I'm looking at this guy and he's, he's just, it was really sort of powerful seeing Someone connect that much with the music. And then while we're playing, I was thinking like, I gotta give him something, but a set list, I was like, I'll give him my little set list, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, fuck it. Like, what guitar am I not using? Okay, yeah, yeah, okay. I could I could sort of was doing the math in my head. And for the last song I said to our tech, like, give me give me I, this one. I, I don't use that bass guitar much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not left handed, I'll give him that. Um so yeah, so while while this is all happening, I organized with our tech the last song, give me this guitar. And then, yeah, after the set, I, like, jumped off stage and unplugged it and gave it to him. And then he just, like, we had a big hug and he so, said... So, you used that guitar on that song? Yeah, I used it on the last song. Yeah, oh, okay. it, was, it, was in, it was one of the three guitars I was using on that tour. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, okay. it wasn't just, like, yeah. I didn't make him go off to Guitar Center and pick up something quickly. <laughs> just get the cobwebs off the <laughs> Does the support have any guitars lying around? <laughs> like it's, Can you get the raccoon that's living inside <laughs> that acoustic out? Like, I call the big one bitey. <laughs> so... I give him I give him the guitar and he has this big hug and um he said some stuff that was really emotional and personal and I said like here like now you've got this guitar like start a band play 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 and um yeah so then he left with the guitar and I remember thinking like fuck I hope there's not a security guard at the back of the room who didn't see that happen and just thinks this kid's like nicking my guitar and doing a runner but all these people got around him and like he said people were coming up and getting photos with him and then he got up on stage and had a photo with all our gear holding the guitar um and it was a really special thing. And then we put a little clip of it in this, like, you know, we did, like, after every show, we did, like, a roundup video thing. Um, and then, uh, so, I guess a day or two later, Gold FM, like, a big radio station in Australia, got in touch with him. I'm aware of Gold's work. But, you know, <laughs> for the listener, for the listener. <laughs> um, uh, so, they got in touch with him and said, you know, that was so cool and interviewed him on the radio and then flew him down to Melbourne for the Melbourne show. And then he basically just started doing press. He did Triple J, he did Gold FM, he did all this stuff. The circuit. And he, he really did. It was like, he did a good little like album release press packet for us. And I was like, I remember while he started doing interviews, like, I hope he's a good guy, blah, blah, blah. But he couldn't have been a better person to be doing it. He was so sweet, so well-spoken, so like... It just would have been the best. If he was a... <laughs> yeah, well, you seemed, you know, to really connect with the Smith Street Band. Like, why is that? And it's like, oh, it's just, in the current climate, it's just a good to see a bunch of white guys <laughs> get some success. <laughs> Finally. <laughs> oh, God. But that was the thing we were worried about. Like, come on, don't be like, don't be anything. But he was, he couldn't have been a better representation of like the people I want to hear. And so how know? much did he get on eBay for it? Um, I think at the end it was like 1500 which for, you know, was pretty good. It was a pretty good price. Should have signed um, it. Should have signed it. <laughs> well, I did feel bad because that guitar, I just uh, got a guitar tech to change a pickup out on it and do a bunch of work on it. 
and I played it once and then gave it away. Oh, <laughs> uh, so man. I felt kind of bad for him. And I, now I feel weird asking him to do work on other guitars of mine. It's like, you're just going to fucking give this to someone? Like, I'm going to spend five hours fixing this just for you to give it away. Yeah, I fixed it for you, Daddy Warbox. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so he started doing, started doing press, doing interviews, and then came to the Melbourne show and got flown down. Him and a mate put up in a hotel around the corner from the Melbourne show. And then we did, took some photos for the radio station after the show. And then Is I, this it? This dude at the front of the gig has become a big brother of Vic D. And the gig, <laughs> the gig that he went to was his first ever show. So the show that he went to where, where the night before he got given the guitar, the crying show, that was the first show he ever went to. The second show he ever went to, he got given the guitar. And the third show he ever went to, he got flown down to Melbourne and taken backstage at the forum. And I showed him all my gear and walked him through my pedal board and stuff and he was loving it. So I was like... And afterwards being like, it's not always like this. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was pretty pissed off with Bono after the U2 gig. <laughs> but since then, right, he's, we've, been, we've kept in contact and uh, he's built me a guitar pedal as a way to like say thank you for giving him the guitar, which I think, I guess would be in the mail now. He's sending it to Melbourne now. Um, and he plays in a band. He's sending me songs that he's written on this guitar and he's like, yeah, he's, I think he's going to be a, you know, he's going to be a successful musician kind of thing. It's fucking, yeah. Very cool. That is awesome. It was really, yeah, it was very special. And like, when it happened, it was really lovely. I, I just like, have to say for everyone listening, Will now has the cutest grin. <laughs> it makes me happy, man. <laughs> well, it was like, after it all happened, everyone was saying like, oh, that was so lovely, blah, blah, blah. Um, but yeah, like still talking to him and still like being in contact and the fact that he's like built me this fuzz pedal that, because he knows that I like this other fuzz pedal. So he's like, I don't know, it's very, yeah, it's very special. That's like a beautiful thing about music, you know. What is that like to... You know, I was saying before how weird it is that you and your mates that learned how to make noises on these things and then you write a poem to go along with it (laughs) and then it causes this dude to stand at the front that's never been to a gig before and he just weeps the entire time. Is that confronting for you? It is confronting. It's, it's, I mean, that that specifically in as much, but like uh, I speak to a lot of people now, even in in Australia now, like... uh, probably a couple of selfies a day kind of thing walking around and stuff and because the music is very emotional that, that, that is a good rating of your celebrity how many selfies are you? a day oh, i'm on a couple selfies a day <laughs> so it's, it's it's tolerable you know no mob scenes <laughs> but like yeah going to coles and yeah. stuff in footscray is always a bit weird um but like uh so i guess talking to people and because the music is emotional i talk about lots of emotional things a lot of the people i talk to do immediately open up very personally like i've had someone i've had every horrible thing you can imagine because someone come up and say this happened to me and i listened to you guys um so there's that's obviously like so special to me especially when it's people talking about things that i've been through and knowing i could help um but there are definitely times where it's like you know doing press for the last record i did probably 150 interviews and the record's about the worst year of my life (laughs) and this horrible fucking experience i went through and then just having to go over that with people from the Ballarat Herald and people from Cairns Community Radio and people from everywhere. It's just like, so tell us about the worst year of your life. There are sometimes times where it's like, I wish I just wrote Blink-182 songs, you know? <laughs> I wish I just wrote like easy, simple, fun songs. But then, yeah. I, I liked masturbating over Princess Leia. Yeah, 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 exactly. Why can't I write about that? Why does it all have to be about manic depression? But um, like, at the end, that's like a double-edged sword, you know? Like, because as much as it can be difficult it's very uh beneficial for me and for other people to talk about that stuff and like uh i don't know uh yeah it can be difficult but it's also like you know connections like this with daniel and the guitar and stuff like that's like i feel like that's pretty unique that's like not 
I know, without sounding arrogant, like not every band could maybe like, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so while it sometimes is everything, like everything's just a bit more. Everything's can can it can sometimes be a bit bit much, but on the same token, it's like some of the things that we've got to do, I'll remember forever. And some of the like these like deep emotional connections you make with people in a five second conversation is like mm. very fucking special to me. Yeah, yeah. It's you know, podcasting's a lot like that in. It really is. Yeah, like I find that even like we were talking before I went and did Improv for Humans yesterday and did an Earwolf thing. And I made name drop other better podcasts that you've been on? I was warming up for this. (laughs) Okay. And and like you walk into that room and I've never met any of those people, but you do feel this instant connection with people. And I feel the same thing with you from listening to this show. Like it's more than just seeing someone's work. And I feel like it's kind of the same with the songs that I write because they are so personal. Like it's a real glimpse into someone's psyche and a glimpse into someone's brain. And like, I think podcasting is the exact same thing where you can walk in with a stranger and immediately be like, I know 15 things we can talk about. I know that thing that happened to you in 2009. I know this, I know that. Like, yeah. I think that's very special, you know. I always find it, I, and I'd never thought about it before I'd started doing it because, you know, I, I didn't do it for people. No, hell John, no. John no, 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 no. And that's for me. The best everything is only done for the person making it, I think. Yeah, and then to find out that just being an idiot with a couple of friends every week, like, helps someone do, like, yeah. you know, it, yeah. it's it's so strange. And, and kind of, uh, you know, you're saying, you know, you wrote the songs about the worst year of your life. And I sort of find, you know, because everyone has some form of depression, I think, if you're a... If you're, yeah. If you're a smart person, if you're at all creative, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I guess like helping people that helps yours a little bit. That, Absolutely. That, that you're yeah. sort of like, at least that's helping someone else through whatever your yeah. stupidity. Like, and you know, you you know, for me, my it's just like, here's a dumb story, and yeah. that amuses someone and and helps them with their day. But I find like. Yeah, I I listen to podcasts ninety percent of the time compared to music, probably, and I genuinely find it, I find it really helpful. I find it really thera- like therapeutic might be the wrong word, but like, you know, I have lots of mental health things, and if I'm having colliding thoughts and my brain's going all fucking crazy, I put on, I listen to like four hours of just different like comedy podcasts and interesting stuff, and it's an amazing like, it's like a little bit of company when you don't feel quite capable to go out and talk to other people or you know if i'm feeling really scared or i'm in a really bad sort of spot with my head like it is it's, it's like it's like having friends around a bit because you get to listen to people be casual and be open and talk with each other and no and and because it's you know the things i like are unscripted and are just like going where they're going kind of thing mm-hmm. it is just like having a bit of company except it's a bit of company for when the idea of actually sitting next to someone might be too much does that make does that make sense yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i feel like music's like that for a lot of people too it's 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 a it's a safety blanket almost from your own this is getting very deep for the comedy podcast but um, i'm doing the exact opposite of the thing i like about podcasts (laughs) (laughs) anyway (laughs) but yeah it it definitely it's there's something very uh comforting about just hearing funny nice people talk to one another you know yeah i never imagined like even like the star wars podcast i kind of i get uh, probably more feedback on that and it's like it's so strange i never th- like imagined that just talking about star wars a couple times a week would yeah. like matter to people because it's so f- 
frivolous but sort of thing. But it does. And like uh, that, I think that's another great thing about podcasting is like it can be the most specific thing ever. But it obviously, and like I feel like Star Wars is even more broad than some of the things. Like, you, you know, you listen to podcasts that are recaps of movies. or listen to podcasts that are like so specific little things that are such a like niche idea. But if there are these couple of people that will come up with the idea to talk about it, there's going to be other people that want to hear about it. And like, they'll find it because... In theory. In th- <laughs> yeah, well, we can keep testing that as much as we want. Yeah. Well, I want to do um, this uh, this summer with a couple of friends of mine. I want to do a uh, Ashes recap podcast because it's the Ash- it's the in the cricket. It's the Ashes this year. Um, this is getting off brand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, but yeah, like, I was, and we were saying like, are people going to care about that? It's like... There's going to be this weird dichotomy of people that like these two guys' comedy and my band and also like the cricket that are going to stumble on this and be like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is so amazing, you know? Yeah, I, th- def- I-, I think that's a great idea if you're into it. Like, I sometimes, like, because I love podcasts and yeah. podcast concepts. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I wish I was into sport because yeah. a podcast about sport is, and, and, is gold. And, like, there aren't a huge amount. Like, in football, there's, like, junk time and... Uh, Will Anderson's one, uh, two guys, one cup, which yeah. is both really good. But I think in cricket and stuff, there's lots of like dry conversations about cricket. Whereas cricket is such a stupid, funny sport, and everyone involved in cricket is such like weird and goofy and stuff. Like there's so many light-hearted, funny ways you could talk about that. I think I did this gig for a charity, and I was the only stand-up, and then there was like sportsmen giving wow. speeches. And I th- it was Dougie Hawkins. <laughs> and then there was this... I can't remember his name. But there was this cricket player from Adelaide, cricket player from Adelaide that was retired. And all his stories were just how much of a cunt he was to people. Like, tr- like he was disgusted he had to pay $5 for parking at somewhere. So and, he told someone to get fired. Oh, he was just like, are you entertained? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a circuit, though. Like ex football players and ex cricket players doing the like yeah, sportsman's man. night circuit, where it's like you know, it's crazy. Yeah, I think that would get pretty fucking blue. So, you know, on the podcast we review sometimes interesting complaints. Now, oh, no. has is there any complaints that you remember that the band has received mm. in any form? Have we ever been... Oh, we've received many complaints. Um, hmm, specific complaints, I can't... Uh, I'm trying to think. I mean, I'm sure there have been some very funny ones. Um, but generally, they're more just about the music and, you know, it's always just a bit of a bummer. Um, but I, I don't know. I tend to not read anything positive or negative about us because I take it all far too much on board, you know. <laughs> I take it all far too seriously. All right. Well, how about we love some letters? Well, I'd love to love some letters. Okay. All right, let's go to this one. This is I, I always love any letters about the great meteorologist Jane Bunn. Mm-hmm. Right. Sure, she's, sure. She's on Channel 9. We've followed her journey. <laughs> Actually, she's on Channel 9, Channel 7. She must be on Channel 7. Yeah, she's on Channel 7. Yeah. Because Lavinia's on Channel 9. Yeah, Lavinia. And, yeah. Um, you know, she's not she's not top one, the queen. <laughs> Lavinia's been holding that down for... Since hey hey, I feel like she had to put up with Daryl Summers to get this job, so yeah, yeah. she's keeping it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, so she went from working with Daryl Summers to Tony Jones. 
No, it's no, not Tony Jaa. Peter Hitchner, Pe- who's like the most delightful yeah. person I've ever met. Really? Yeah. The Hitch. He's the best. Really? He came on one of our big podcasts, like 150 or something. Really? And texted me the next day to say thanks. He had a great time. Oh, Pete. So a legend. Just tomorrow, when you're doing your little sound check with Peter Garrett, <laughs> drop a text. <laughs> drop a text, William. All right? All right. So this one is titled, More of the Same. Mm-hmm. I should just point out there I know might be letter. people listening to this for the first time because Will's on, but yeah. I do read the letters out in <laughs> a high pitch voice. It's great to see it, IRL. So, so just, just maybe just turn the volume down <laughs> on you. Take your boys out a little bit. More of the same. Jane Bunn is lauded as being Melbourne's only weather presenter who is a meteorologist. Oh, sorry, a meteorologist. She is very lovely, and I am very sure knowledgeable. But her weather reports are no different to weather reports on other channels. <laughs> and that is from pretty regular letter writer Susan Munday in Bentley East. Susan Munday. Is she often in touch? Is she? Is she a regular contributor? Yeah, I, I, I recognize this is the sad thing mm. that when I get to the bottom of these and I'm just like, oh, yeah, I've, I've, I've read your work before. Wow. Do you have a favorite? Oh, Arthur Comer's the best yeah, one. of course. Yeah. And uh, he's our retiree in Ballarat that has the record for the most letters in, in the Green Guide. <laughs> he, he's good. I, I like, just purely because it rhymes, Helen Scheller from Vanilla. Oh, that's really good. I just, I that's think, really good, yeah. Like, you know, there's the, the Will Anderson theory that she just moved to Vanilla <laughs> so she could have the sweet rhyming address. Makes sense. And, and who wouldn't, you know? I don't know if this is why is this a criticism because she knows she writes her it's it's like yeah. saying it's it's like saying Will Wagner is lauded for writing his own songs but I've listened to other bands <laughs> that have writers <laughs> and their the bands one. also <laughs> and also surely the idea with the weather is for it to be uh, accurate and so if you're all just getting the same statistics from the bureau like do, do the weather people write the weather report like. Does, does she sit down with a script and say, oh, we, got, we definitely got to touch on Ballarat today because it's going to be freezing? Or is that just like, you know, is that just dictated to by the weather? You know, I, I want to watch Jane Bond. Ballarat in the house! <laughs> Minus one tonight, rugger. <laughs> it's ice. Ice cold. <laughs> yeah, get more hip-hop, Jane Bond. Now, Please. yeah, I, I, think, I think Jane Bond's right in her own gear. Okay, you do? Yeah. I, I just don't think there's that, especially in this day and age, in this media landscape. Will in this economy, you don't have you don't have like a bunch of you know. She, she, I reckon she's picking out her little logos. What how like? Oh, let's go with the sun. With the st- you extra think she's bit picking smile. that out, or the weather's picking that out? The weather, she, di- <laughs> the weather. The, the, she's dictated to by the weather. All right. So what you're saying is, mm-hmm. weather people, mm-hmm. whether they're a meteorologist or not, they're useless. Who should be getting the credit for every weather report is the planet's position in the galaxy. <laughs> He's God himself. Yes. Um, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and I've held this opinion for a long time, and I'm glad that I finally have a platform to speak about it. I'm always just confused at how many letters the weather gets. Yeah. Like, is, is it people complaining about the people... 
presenting the weather or is it people complaining about the weather itself? No, they, they don't go that far. <laughs> they, they have realised... It's a futile letter. They, they do realise that Jane isn't deciding it's raining tomorrow. Because <laughs> okay, that would be a big call. <laughs> that She's is, that good. That would be peak letter. <laughs> How about a sunny day, Jane? <laughs> I've got a picnic next week. <laughs> Quit fucking with me. <laughs> Love oh. Helen Keller from Vanilla. Yes. <laughs> I'm just fascinated that it's... Why is it... It's interesting that it's still in the news. The weather. Like, for one, we've all got windows. And phones. And the phone. That's true. It's just... It's weird that it's so... If you were going... Just say there was no news. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no news shows. Yeah. That, like, now, people... Had been getting their news off the internet, right? And then like, hey, we've got this idea. We're going to put like a pricey of the news on TV every Mm. night for an hour. Yeah, that is weird. Would (laughs) the weather... Like if we're starting from scratch, would the weather get a mention? Surely it wouldn't. Well, what about this? Mm-hmm. Tensions. There's nuclear tensions between yeah. the president of America <laughs> and North Korea. North Korea. Who gives a fuck if it's cloudy tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Darwin's going to be hot, whatever. Like, yeah, it's yeah. the mushroom cloud that I'm worried about. <laughs> it's the atomic fallout that's the actual... Yeah, that's actually a very good point. Well, there you go. I have won an episode. <laughs> Which is debatable. <laughs> hey, you guys, still here after the fact. Just to let you know, there's a little bit of a dodgy cable issue for the next couple of minutes just on my mic. You can still hear Will perfectly. Just get through that turbulence and then it will be smooth audio sailing after that. All right, what about this one? This one's a bit close to home for me because it is the one TV program that invites me to appear on their show. <laughs> And this one's called, this is a good, and, and for new listeners, in the Age Green Guide letters, the, the letter writer gets to decide what they're writing about. Yeah. They get to write the words. Yeah. Close. But it's the uh, editor or the sub-editor that gets to write the, the headline. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. So, uh, this one's a great one. Okay. This one's titled, Double Fault. <laughs> Could you have a guess what it's about? Tennis. Bang. Right. So wait, you still get invited on the tennis. No, wait for the <laughs> wait for the letter. Wait for the letter sorry, to start. Sorry, I'm too keen. Okay. I think Friday's episode of Studio Ten was far too kind on Margaret Court. She is undeserving of such respect. They say we should ignore her bigotry and remember her achievements on the tennis court. But I say that she should be remembered for her bigotry so that history can condemn her for her hate-mongering. That's the punishment she deserves. Encourage discrimination and forever be remembered as a monster. And I do feel bad for reading it out in that voice, actually, because... <laughs> that's it's quite a good letter. Like, cause it's, cause, and and for, that's from Nathan Maline from Hadfield. Because it's not often... This is a rarity. Someone writing into the Green Guide letters... With 
a valid point. <laughs> <laughs> Which this very much is, yeah. But I, because I, I guest on Studio 10 and I do sure. like remote stuff for them when there's this, this cool Star Wars things going on. Mm-hmm. And so I, 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 li- I like the show and yeah. I, I like the format. And to go on it and just like, here's a topic, talk, yeah. is the dream. Yeah, of course. It's yeah, the best. Yeah. It's the best. But... um. What do you make of this? So this is from, uh, you know, we're sort of doing catch-up letters yeah. here. And so Margaret Court, um, not fond of the gays. No, and said some said some pretty inflammatory stuff and then also said some like super insane stuff, I feel like. Oh, that's the best thing. Like went real, like said it, said your classic, like, I don't want think ever we should get married, like horrible shit, and then just went fucking turbo on it. Oh, it's just... Late night at Crown Casino, yeah, yeah. had a dodgy card and just went all, all the chips in, all the chips. I've, I've, I've drawn thirteen. <laughs> it's gonna be an eight, definitely. Yeah, Nathan, I'm with you. I'm with you. Fucker, absolutely fucker. Yeah, I don't even think they should call tennis courts. Anymore. <laughs> totally fucker over I couldn't agree more. Call him the tennis rectangle. <laughs> That's a very, very valid point. Have you ever played at Margaret Court Arena? We haven't, no. Um, oh, what a political stand you've taken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And purely because of this. I've known about this for a long time. They've been dying for us to get down there. <laughs> um, but it was interesting after that all happened, like uh, Ryan Adams played there. Um, and there was a thing like... I think he played there like a couple of days after that it all happened. So there was a thing that was like, do do you play and use it to say like, fuck this person and then fuck this opinion in general? Mm-hmm. Or do you pull out of the show and say, I'm not playing somewhere named after this person? And he ended up playing, but uh, donated a big portion of the profits to uh, LGBTIQ community, uh, a charity, sorry. And then also like, used that to say you know use that as a reason to talk about this stuff which was kind of good but he did, he did get some shit for for playing for playing which i think is really like when it's someone flying over from the states and the ball's that much in motion it's like you've, you've got to, you can't just cancel the show and it's not like you can it's not like you have to pull out of a show at a hundred cap venue and you can go to another one like he had ten thousand people that had already bought tickets and all that kind of stuff so you can't really yeah, not do it i i find that really unfair I think it's and 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 he used that as a teeing off point to then talk to I think it's fifteen thousand people at Margaret Court Arena about how fucked Margaret Court's opinion was and you know talk about marriage equality and all those kind of things which should be talked about you know I mean he got shit in some like very political factions of the internet who just kind of give shit to anyone doing anything you know but there was definitely some backlash to it yeah I just find that like sometimes people. You know, like the world's going through this big adjustment period. Huge, yeah. You know what I mean? And, you know, in a way, that's why it's so much turmoil at the moment. Because when you go forward, then other people are just yeah. like, hey! Yeah, whoa. <laughs> whoa! Yeah, 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 yeah. I had it pretty... <laughs> Where's my white polo shirt? <laughs> when you're arguing with people you agree with, but it's like, oh, you're right, but you're not right enough. Yeah, yeah, I can... It's just like, no, let's argue with the other people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's not argue the nuances of our opinions on yeah. something that we 98% agree on, you know. I find that's a, that's a huge problem in, like, music 
circles at the mm-hmm. moment, you know? There's a lot of people who agree with each other, yelling at each other for phrasing something awkwardly and, like, not nailing something perfect. Or, like, I've done it before where I've said something in an interview where it's, like, it's very obvious what I mean, but I phrase it a bit clunkily. Mm-hmm. But it's just because, like, I was doing an interview. Like, that's not the same as a normal conversation. That's, like... You're a bit nervy. You sometimes I'll trip over my words. I'll get the dates of tours wrong and all that kind of stuff. But then talking about this stuff, it's really like it's all you know marriage equality and all these kind of things, things that really matter to me. But I feel like I've copped more shit from people who I agree with because I've just not even said the wrong thing, just said something right, but in a way that I didn't fully portray my opinion. But it might have been because I was twelve phoners deep that day, yeah, and I'd had eight cups of coffee, and I was just like doing my best but like if you you know i was four hours into doing interviews like i'm gonna say shit that i'm not gonna phrase things perfectly you know like i'm gonna be clunky yeah like i had on the star wars podcast the other week uh, a friend of mine who she had transitioned to Mm -hmm. her true sexuality as a woman right and i said at the start i said when we talk about that and this was on air i might get some of the phrasing wrong yeah and correct me yeah but, but know that it's not with malicious intent. It's Yeah, it's just that I haven't... Like, I'm doing my best. Yeah. I just haven't read the terminology book. Yeah. John, like, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And, yeah, and yeah. sometimes, you know, you slip up. And, and yeah. I... Like, I'm a big... In the way I talk, I'll go... Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I did it once with her. And I'm like... Oh, like... And she's like... Oh no, that's like totally cool. Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, and I'm like, yeah. But I just want to say to everyone that three weeks ago, my friend Ashley, she was here, and I was saying, man, to her because that's just the pathetic way I talk. Yeah, and it's not. There's no. It's it's not malicious. It's just saying that you've got to you catch yourself on and go, oh shit, I've got to not do that. Yeah, but it's that sort of. It's yeah. Sometimes you you get paranoid about. Like being in that space, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, is this the right thing? Is this? Yeah, uh, yeah. Even, even when you could have the best of intentions. Yeah, you know? yeah. But yeah, I, I, I love. Um, I'm, I'm a new. Just discovered Ryan Adams. Sure. Ah, fucking genius, right? Yeah, because of um, like Jackie really like loves him and just like had the album playing on repeat, and then he played at um, Amoeba. Really? Yeah, which was awesome. Fuck, that's awesome. And many Star Wars references between songs. Yes, he's yeah. a complete fucking nerd. He's awesome. Yeah, 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 he's like, and he's like super into cats and Star Wars. Pinball, weed. Yeah, he's like a really <laughs> talented version of me. So we became friends. On he's like, Twitter. he's like my herb pal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's 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 a, he's an awesome guy. How'd really you good. become friends? Um, he just started tweeting about us, saying he likes the band. And then we had a little direct message convo. We oh, have a really? standing uh, weed and pinball date for the next time we're both in the same city. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's cool, man. Nice. Well, put in a good word for me. I will. I, I want to get him on the Star Wars podcast. Hell yeah. I'm sure Star he Wars. would fucking do it too. Will. Steel. Thanks so much for loving the Green Guy Letters Thanks with for me. having me. I love your band so much. Thank you. It, it is it's really good. I actually, I used Young Drunk mm-hmm. for my walk-on song when I did the show about Rosebud. Oh, cool. Because it really... like those, Yeah, those, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, <laughs> and I, I think that... 
Because I know when if you've got a joke and people really relate to that joke, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, that's so cool. Yeah. But like that song was just like, oh my God, you wrote a song, a soundtrack. <laughs> like that's my Wonder Years song. Oh, you know thank I mean? you. That's awesome. <laughs> so um, good luck playing stadiums around America. Thank you. Stadiums and dive bars <laughs> across America. <laughs> thank you. You know, it's at the end of the show. This is it. Mm. So it's it is time for you to give me a guitar. <laughs> well, you can have this one. My friend Chris lent me a guitar for the time here, okay, so nice. you can take that. <laughs> well, well, you're actually at my show, so maybe I should give you the microphone. Yeah, yeah, please, please. <laughs> I need a beat up SM58. So. <laughs> Don't judge me. Don't judge me. No, no. Th- these come like this. I completely understand. These come dinted. Hey. Keeping it real. Yeah, I know, I know, I Keeping see Keeping it real. <laughs> you can go down to Ewolf with your little <laughs> microphones on stands, little wires poking out of them. And, and yeah, where's the engineer? What's going on? <laughs> where can uh, the good people of the internet track down your music and your social media presence? To, sure. to, to get that hot milkshake tweet that's going to really... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a tweet about cycle. a strawberry milkshake to yeah, Drupal yeah. J. Um, we're uh, just the smithstreetband.com is tour dates and everything and then we are different va- different variations of smith street band the smith street band on facebook twitter and instagram i think twitter was smith st band i'm not sure yeah but you can find us the search for us we'll be around do you ever play gigs on smith street used to um but it's all become a bit gentrified now so loud <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the Swanston Street sellouts. I know, I know, I know. It's, yeah. <laughs> Thanks so much, Will. Thanks for having me. And we'll see you next week. Awesome. Hey, guys. I hope you enjoyed that super fun episode with Will Wagner of the Smith Street Band. A little bit of a different one for I Love Green Guide Letters, but, man, I, I had a ball. I had so much fun. It's, uh, it's so cool and gratifying when the people that make the stuff that you enjoy are are really nice people to boot. It just makes you feel warm inside, doesn't it? I'm warm. Actually, I'm not. I'm back in Melbourne and it is so cold. It's out of control. Which uh, brings me to my next point is we're live podcasting. I'm back in Melbourne for a couple weeks from LA and we're doing a live podcast this Saturday at 4.15 at Club Voltaire in North Melbourne. And uh, there's a few tickets still available at ilovegringoletters.com. And they're 15 bucks. Or if you want to come and see the Steel Wars episode beforehand, that's my Star Wars comedy podcast. That's a two. There is a double passes for $25. So that is a, a value-packed Uh, afternoon of comedy and for the green guide letters episode we've got demi lardner who just absolutely destroyed on the comedy festival gala uh the tv show this year geraldine hickey another classic green guide letter hilarious from triple r's breakfasters and our old friend tom ballard so if uh, if you're free in Melbourne this Saturday afternoon, come down and we will have a ball. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, which I really hope you did, please lend us some support. If you haven't already, jump on iTunes and write I Love Green Guide Letters, a sweet five-star review as it bumps us up those precious iTunes podcast charts. Uh, It vouches to other potential listeners that we're doing good stuff and makes your host 
feel less inadequate in the world we live in. So that's all fun. Uh, if you're on social media, and I guess you probably are, listener word of mouth is seriously the number one way that we get new listeners and keep the podcast going. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, we are I Love GG Letters. On Facebook, it's I Love Gringo Letters. And we always pin the latest episode to the top of the Twitter and the Facebook page, making it easy for you guys to share or retweet to vouch for us. And it it so helps. Like think if if you no matter how many followers you have, get one extra person to listen to it, and everyone that listened to this episode did that, then we'd double our listenership. That is simple podcast mathematics. And it's always uh, super cool to let our guests know, uh, Will, from at Smith Street Band, that uh, you enjoyed them on the pod. Because who doesn't want a, a pat on the back for a job well done? If you are new to the podcast or a long-time listener that would like the continued production of the podcast, I recommend you becoming a Patreon to I Love Green Guide Letters. If you have a look at our iTunes feed, we only leave the last 25 episodes online and then we save the literal hundreds and hundreds of classic episodes in the Patreon archives for the good people that are throwing down $3 a month to support the show. It's super quick to sign up. It's $3 a month. You get a secret RSS feed that feeds literally, not literally, it unliterally, it metaphorically feeds all the episodes into your your phone or your computer or your tablet, wherever you just paste a little address into whatever your little podcast app is and they'll all be there for you and you can listen to some crazy good guests that we've had on the pod over the years. This week, I will put in a little sample. We mentioned this on the podcast, so I thought this would be a good place to start with episode 150 live at the Athenaeum with special letter-loving guest, Peter Hitchener, on stage with the irrepressible Ash Williams, and congratulations to the new father, Ed Cavalier. Enjoy. Hey, should we bring on our next group of panellists, you guys? Please welcome to the stage, you know him, you love him, it's Ed Cavalier! The master of the draft tweet, it is Ash Williams! And from Channel 9 News, you know him, you love him, you trust him, it's Peter Hitchener! Yes, Hitch. Well, well... Oh, yeah. Good on you, Steel. First things first, front row. Are we in danger of an upshort? What are we doing? <laughs> Camera's at the ready. She's into it, hey? Cool. Peter, maybe you can do a report on Ash's outfit. Yeah. <laughs> they are stylish and understated. I will give you that, but uh, I'm not sure if they lead to... Wow, look at this. Wow. <laughs> look how... Ash Stand Williams back. is... Nothing says style and slightly perverted, like the tight leopard print short that Ash Williams has on today. Coupled with a top knot, it says... Please leave me alone. <laughs> What's in his pocket? Rohypnol. Um, I got rid of that, mate. Got rid of that, mate. You should all right. 
get comfortable. Ash, have you just put a small pile of change on the ground? In case anyone's wondering, he's just thrown down... Ooh, jeez. There's actually a lot of money there. Have you been working? No, no, no. Because you know how I'm staying with um, mum at the moment? I know how you, you live with your mum. You're not staying with her. <laughs> you know, you stayed with her for nine months early on and you've never really left. Yeah, she's, uh, she's my housemate. She's, she's also my mum. She's housemate, is she? Yeah, House meeting? Mum, few things. Uh, <laughs> that undies pile is getting large. Yeah. How about some washing? But the thing is, guys, I've got no Australian money on me at the moment. No. Dead set, right? What, 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 what other currencies do you have? Uh, American. Whoa. Yeah, look at this. How about that greenback? I always keep a bit on me. There's a one dollar. there. That's and there's one. half a one, which I'm, lo- I'm looking for the other half. <laughs> <laughs> Never throw out half a dollar because you just... <laughs> Sticky tape it and you're back in business. Some um, good, good financial advice there, Peter. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. And, and, and I think it sounds like a movie plot. Didn't that once happen and they had to join the notes? Oh, never mind. No, oh, no, 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 yeah. No, no, no. You were talk, there, was a film called, there was a film called 20 Bucks, which came out in the <laughs> 90s. No, is this true? I think it's, it was when Eric Stoltz had a career and it, was a, it followed a tw- an American $20 note through all the different people there that you handled go. it. Actually, wow. you should do a sequel called Half of One Buck. <laughs> Yeah, but things people don't respect half a buck. Don't they? <laughs> no, nah, mate, they look at me like I'm an idiot. <laughs> I think we've just established that in the last five minutes. Yeah, but I knew that I was going to be parking around here, so I thought I might need some change today. And my brother left some stuff in his room, money. And, um, that was it? Yeah. And he Pete, moved out not, ten years ago, yeah. Yeah, but, mate, there's about 50 bucks in change there. Are you, for real? Yeah. How, like, how... <laughs> Do you have to dig, like, is it on the ground or is it behind, you know what I mean? Is it falling down behind things or is it easily no. accessible or is it in a piggy bank? No, it's just in a drawer where you think there are going to be clothes, but uh, there's money. Change drawer. Yeah, and I've taken all the gold. Yeah, that's what And then today I thought, no, we need to go back for silver. <laughs> <laughs> Do you start with the 50s? Because some people don't like carrying 50 cent pieces because they think they're too large. Yeah. When you're stealing coins, we've all done it from a coin jar. You start with the gold, you start with the twos. Down to the one, Pete, obviously. Oh, down to the five cents. Oh, you'll go all the way down to the oh, five. Absolutely. Yeah, if no, need be. Round Channel 9. I work in television. That's right. Respect. If Lavinia Nixon's dumb enough to leave her purse out, you're straight in. <laughs> hey? Oh, uh, yes. I don't think Livo would. I think No, she wouldn't bad. do that. No way. She's all nose, hey? All this stuff, hey? <laughs> I know, Telly, Pete. I know how the game is played. Yeah, yes. fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. So, Thanks. Peter, what. what What's it like to sink this low in show business? <laughs> I must say, I've been getting more and more nervous the closer we get to on-air time, and I thought, oh, no, actually, there's no on-air time. This is forever. So yes. <laughs> you can't just finish at 7 o'clock and think, well, that, that was all right. Yeah, no, because it's going to be floating pe- around cyberspace for the rest of our lives. But yes. people tape the news. <laughs> that, that's called time-shifting, and we get half a point if they watch it later on. Oh, if they have... don't, there's nothing. Oh, Ash, oh, what, what's your favourite episode of the news you've got on tape? <laughs> He'll know this. I did like the seagull. Oh, Remember yeah. the seagull? <laughs> yes. Very cool. And, and just to prove that I have animal magnetism, the other night we had a fly, so we've had really? a seagull and a that? fly. Wow. And we have, they, after the seagull, they made a few changes. They raised the camera so that... The next bird that is going to appear will probably have to be of emu-esque proportions and have very long legs. It's a challenge. Raise the camera, but 
they also put in this compressed air so that it cleans the camera lens behind, ah. you know, the picture yeah, behind yeah. you and cleans things off. The fly, however, was like a fly on a windscreen going at 100 oh, k's an hour. The more they squirted the air, the more it hung on and wow. we just couldn't get rid of it. There yeah. it was for the hour. The Ash yeah. Williams of insects. Yes, yeah. it really was. Oh, I was just about to ask, how high up is that camera? Good question. Uh, well, I don't know. It's about <laughs> 10 or 15 stories, I think. It's sort of looking up the arrow towards... Uh, it's not bad. MCG. So, just for our international listeners, explain oh. what, this, what the seagull event is. Oh, the seagull just wandered in while I was doing a, a cold case murder story and uh, just <laughs> walked along behind me with a sort of a steely look on its... Sorry. Not in the a, studio. Look on its <laughs> <laughs> hey? On, on was it wearing a Star Wars T-shirt, was it? <laughs> <laughs> with a look on its face that it liked to, wanted to peck me on the back of the head and then just kept going, but I couldn't make but it. But you were an internet it. sensation. You were well, for... Ooh, yeah. It, it, it travelled. Yes, it went, I, I thought I'd just keep reading and maybe nobody will notice, but yeah. um, they two and a half million YouTube hits later, we're still going. Two and a half million? Two and a half million. million. That's pretty good, Pete. That's yeah. pretty good. And it made it to BBC World. It made it to oh, Times wow. Square in New York. I mean, it was everywhere, this damn seagull. And I thought, if only I could get some royalties out of this, yeah. I would leave those five-cent coins in the jar. But do you know what we'll happen. do? We should plant something. Yeah, we'll get this idiot in a giant cockatoo suit, right? <laughs> Nah. Can you imagine the captions on Twitter? Up, she go, up he goes. Oh, I just go up. I just go up as me. How about this? I'm not doing that. I'm not risking my life unless I'm getting publicity. What about this? Oh, no, I want no, to go no, up. No, no, how about this? It's the day of the Birdman rally, right? So you're in <laughs> yes. a legitimate bird costume. You've got a reason to be in one. Yeah. At the end of it, off you go into the Yarra. Yeah, but then no one will know who I am. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> a legitimate bird costume. Yeah. <laughs> Sanctioned by the rally itself. It's the only day of the year where you can legitimately walk around as a bird and no one goes, what a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did that. I did the bird man. And no one knew who I was. That's Never so doing it again. I got dressed up as a bird and uh, with feathers and everything, painted gold, wearing a swimmer's hat, and really did some good stuff. And, um, and I jumped and I, I, I flew. And I, no, no, and no, no, mate, on, I no, did, on, mate, I did, on. don't, don't, not today, not today. <laughs> <laughs> and no one kind of recognised me, and like, afterwards, the next day, I'm like, you see the, the bird man? And they're like, yeah, I said, see the guy in the, in the gold? Yeah, it's me. They didn't believe me. Yeah. <laughs> You should have done a report. It's actually, bad journalism, too. should have, actually. We do try to cover everything interesting, and that might have just made it. Oh, you think the Birdman should be nude? Oh, I didn't say that. All oh, right. Well, that's good. I've long, be, I've long said that. <laughs> just head feathers and that's it. Yeah. They should do an actual become half a man, half a bird. Let's get serious. Let's get serious. Let's get full so, operation. Let's get a full operation. So you want to so change it to the playing God rally? No, no, no. Well, man, if you want to go, like, you know, some people go transvestite and transsexual. I want it to be turned into a bird. Fuck it. I don't know, mate. I don't know. These are just ideas at the moment. The liberals are right about that slippery slope. That is, yeah. I know. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Still, that would make, and you would make the news then. Man becomes half bird. Yeah. Peach. What? Okay, here we go. I'll give you three news stories. You rank them on that day, right? Trans species. No, so here we go. I'll give you... Oh, so, no. so there's three stories. You tell me what goes first, second, third, because I've always wondered about this. Oh, yeah, right. First one, couple of protesters have, uh, like, chained themselves to a, uh, a thing where they might be building a, a tunnel, like an east-west link thing one, yep. right? But there's no scuffling. Mm. Key that there's no scuffling. No it's just scuffling. a chaining scenario, mm. right? 
You pissed that one off to the ABC. Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we do. They'll do an hour on it. And then the, the second one, uh, the second one's overseas. It's a US. There's a uh, there's some sort of tension between the USA and Pakistan. Mm. That's number two. That's and then the, the third moment. story is um, trans species. Man becomes half bird. Yeah. <laughs> what leads the night? Um, well, the headlines, <laughs> the, the headlines will probably lead off with this shocking story about, about you know, what happened in surgery today. Oh. And then you might lead... Actually, no, I think it's going to lead the bulletin as well. So it's going to start. It's going to headline and well, lead the bulletin. Well, what do you think? I mean, it's good. Know, yeah, because it's good. It's good. Protest is good. <laughs> but there's no scuffles. So. What, what's your, when you're watching the tape, right... Yes. It's between you and me. Yes. When you're watching the tape yes. of some of the, you know, the tape pieces, or whatever, yes. is there ever a point? Is there any sometimes where you're like, this again? Like another, <laughs> another demon story from Clint Stanaway? No more demons. Oh, yeah. the bloody demons. Like the we demons know you go for the demons. Yes. 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 You, the football team. I know. Did you get a moment where you're like, this? I mean, <laughs> well, we did this yesterday. I, I, well, we'll try to try to keep it interesting and try to hope that something new comes along every day and something new and fresh. Yeah, right. I, I suppose there are times when everybody gets sick of the stories. And yeah, so right. you sort of look for something. So navigate your way I'm through. I'm not quite it. sure if I'm meant to be earnest here or not. No, 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 no. no. Yeah, no. I'm just, I'm just yeah. interested. And do you ever have to change? Pete, you're not even meant to be here, mate. No. <laughs> well, he's an example, I, Pete. I, I didn't tell publicity either today, <laughs> no. so I don't know. What... <laughs> you know why it doesn't matter, Pete? It doesn't matter because all the whole Channel Nine's publicity all year. This is now their job. I work in radio. I know this is the case. Yeah. Channel Nine publicity people all year, all they do is this. They get a couple of. I'm going to swear. Go on. Fuckwits, right? <laughs> they put them in the block for six weeks. They pretend I don't know how to choose carpet. I don't know how to choose carpet. They do that for eight weeks. Big they all make a million dollars, right? And then the rest of the year is people from publicity ring up radio stations going. Do you want to talk to Warren and um, Tracy? Remember they couldn't fucking pick carpet for six weeks? <laughs> so you're in the clear, man, because <laughs> yes. you actually do a proper job. I, I'm actually there every day, but the thing is, with the block, the figures are amazing. No, it's I know. No, so, I keep auditioning, so I can't get on. You're there, though. I, I read the top 20 of the week. You're right up there. We're doing all right. It's, you're it's great. It's day to day. It's day to day. You're very high in the rankings. No, no, I always no, look at them. It's day to day. No, you're good. You're I'll good. <laughs> Take some credit, Pete. No. Take no. some credit. No, it's the team. I promise no, you it's man, the team. No, man, it's not. It's, 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 it's not the team. No, it's the man Pete. at the front. We can trust you. Oh. I can yeah. trust you. Right now, look at this. There's Ash's money. <laughs> no, he doesn't take it. Away. There you go. Because we can trust you. Hey, I've got a five. Here we go. No, it's a ten. Oh, oh, now that's a bit more tempting. <laughs> that's a more my style, oh, really. This is, this, these are legitimately big dollars for a podcaster to see. Yeah, that's um, okay. <laughs> but what about Ash's wings so on story? Would it get bumped down the bulletin if you couldn't find a file photo of the person <laughs> of with their Ash top before. on? before. Yes. They're just I, all I, topless photos. Oh, I don't know. I mean, you'd pr- probably have a look at Facebook and see, you know, go back Always to some Facebook of the earlier now, posts and, yeah, yeah. and see if he's, you know, what is said on Twitter and maybe an Insta pic or something like see? that. See? Ash changed. You are staring at... You are working out your social media strategy as it was. Very keen eye. Taking no, it all in. Because I love ideas. And I think no, this is too. a good one. <laughs> And well, you know, when, I mean, when your I mean, current best idea is finding the other half of an American dollar, <laughs> oh no, I've got another one. Don't worry, I can't go into it. Not here. Oh, I actually can't go into it. No, I understand. That. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, mate. This is this is too good. It's too top level. It's it's huge. It's huge. It's something I heard last night, and it's big. It's big. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a hint. You, 
Politics. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Not politics. You were talking before about stories that people get sick of. I think we just touched on it right there. Yeah, that's boring stuff. Yeah. Mm. Well, I mean, it's important and you have to run it, but by the end of an election campaign, I think everyone's thinking, oh, for heaven's sake, hurry up and yeah. let's have it done. Can I quote you on that, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Make some T-shirts. <laughs> so, yes, w- would you be considering entering politics, Ash Williams? Too right. <laughs> <laughs> What, what would we have to sacrifice I can't if we wanted to join much. Team Williams? No, no, no. I can't say too much right now. I've got to sort out what we need to do. It's, yeah, it's pretty high level. And it's to do with the Senate. And that's too much. I've said Ooh. too much. Ooh. Clive Palmer's been on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so to hear that entire near two-hour live show, along with hundreds and hundreds of other equally hilarious episodes... Go to patreon.com forward slash I love GG letters, or there is also a link on I love gringoletters.com. $3 for the month gets you them all. Thanks so much, and see you next week. Back to talking sport with Will and Steel. Oh, it's not <laughs> happening. <laughs>